Welcome back to the Hockey House Pod. We wish you a happy Hanukkah and a very Merry Christmas as we welcome you to episode 83 presented by Optimex Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, joined by Stephen Glick, Colin Fitzgerald, and Aiden Collins as we bring you the latest news from around the ACHA and the CHF. Little adjustment period. We got through finals week. Collins, we'll go to you first. You're like hot off of finals, right? Yeah, I just wrapped up today. I just got home probably about 30 minutes ago, so I'm glad to be back. It's It's been a wild week to say the least. Just lots. Lots of writing. Some weird stuff happened last night. I was uh, in the library writing my final paper for uh, for one of my classes, and the power goes out. The backup generator starts working. I leave, go to a different building, work there until 1 a.m., and then I go back to the library, and I work there for about an hour, and I'm like in the zone out of nowhere. I don't know whether it was the fire alarm or like the security alarm. It just started blaring saying like an emergency has been detected in the building. Please evacuate the building. It was a night crusher and I, I barely made it to my final this morning for my history class. Woke up with 10 minutes to spare and made it made it in time. So glad the semester is over. That's uh, it's pretty gritty that you're on right now. I, I when I get home, I feel like I need like full 24 hours to reset, like go home, be a complete slob, like not unpack my bag, just be a couch potato on my phone the whole time and just relax. Yeah, I guess it's just because I'm him. Academic weapon. We'll throw it over to the other academic weapon. Glick, how were your finals this week? A little bit less chaotic. I did the math. In one of my classes, I needed a negative 23% to pass. In the other one, I only needed a 25% to pass. So my finals were a little bit more calm. That being said, still got A's on both my finals and just excited to spend the rest of the break at home with my family and friends, just relaxing and getting ready for the for the spring semester. That must be a huge feeling going into the week, knowing that you have to get a negative 25 to not pass the class. I wish I was in your shoes this week. I had a couple finals that were pretty stressful. Actually, not no finals. It was more I had two papers in a group project during finals week. So I actually I've been home for like a week now. But yeah, that, that, that has to be an amazing feeling. Yeah, definitely was not complaining when all my friends were uh, stressing out and I'm just sitting at home being a couch potato a week earlier than usual. Fitz, I, I can't even imagine how you must feel listening to us talk about our finals while you're playing pro hockey right now. How, how has it been in Binghamton recently? I was just thinking back on those those group projects. I hated the group projects. I'd rather take the final than than the group project stuff. I can't wait to get home, honestly. After going to, you know, Birmingham at the start of the year and being there for a month and then coming back to Binghamton, it's it's been kinda kinda hard here for this season. So I'm excited to get back home. But um the boys got one more tilt uh this Friday against Watertown at home. We're wearing the uh the ugly Christmas sweater jerseys, so that'll be fun. Hopefully this this winter storm stuff that they're talking about, whatever is going on it's getting really cold or whatever's happening hopefully hopefully that all holds off and i'm uh able to fly back to chicago yeah did binghamton get hit by the the winter snowstorm that buffalo got hit by last week yeah we still played but we hardly had any fans at the game that night (laughs) we got hit pretty hard with snow here in new hampshire and uh we lost power for a little bit but luckily we got it back within a couple hours and it was in the middle of the night so it was no big deal but you guys also had your teddy bear toss since we last talked right and i feel like it had to have been up there in the record books for the fastest teddy bear toss goal it's it's definitely gotta be 12 seconds in one of our our longtime vets tyler jurch hit one out of the air it was a discrepancy if it was high sticking or not yeah that was 
a lot of fun. I got freaked out because I was like, I was hopping on the ice to help pick up the bears. And all of a sudden, one of the bears is like moving in the pile. I'm like, what the heck? I didn't realize that like one of the workers had dressed up in a full bodysuit bear and like ran on the ice and slid into the bears. Like I just missed that, I guess. So all of a sudden I see one moving and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> Like I was ready to whack the thing. <laughs> That's insane. It's funny you brought up that it was like almost a high stick because I think there was a junior team. I think it was the Victoria Royals in the Western Hockey League. They score. Well, they didn't score. A kid comes down on a breakaway and hits the crossbar. He thought it was the back bar. He starts celebrating. And, you know, at that point, there's already like 800 bears on the ice. Goal got disallowed because it didn't actually go in. So I'm glad I'm glad they, they stuck with their call in Binghamton. We had a couple since it happened so early then like next few goals we had more bears flying on the ice because it was like some people weren't even at the game yet and the goal happened so that was kind of funny. That's even better too. That's awesome. Love seeing the teddy bear tosses this time of year. I know there's a couple teams in the ACHA and the CHF who did them as well and it's always good to see those ones. I know we posted the IUP video. Uh, I know Saginaw Valley State did one so always good to see teams doing that. The big news is the semester's over. I think as, as we hinted to is a long semester for some of us and I know a lot of guys listening probably had a long semester as well and so looking forward to the Christmas break and being home and getting to spend some time with your family and you know celebrate all the holidays and relax a bit be back in your hometown is always nice we want to take the chance to kind of roll through the rankings the next couple of weeks while uh, we're on pause and take maybe a closer in-depth look at each league this week we'll cover ACHA division one men's and women's and take a closer look at the top five teams and how they've gotten to this point kind of continue on with a little bit more news but looking at the top five no surprise here Minot State they finish at number one for the semester 13 and 0 undefeated in men's division one action huge sweep over UCO to finish off the semester last time we had talked uh I think I mentioned I think I think UCO might uh lose on they played Jamestown on Thursday night and then they had a series at Minot State I predicted that they would lose Thursday night in Jamestown and then they would win Friday night at Minot I was almost right they lost Thursday night but they got destroyed by Minot State a couple weekends ago, and Minot really just proven that they're the best team in ACHA Division One, and uh, they've been off to a really hot start and looking like a real contender. Adrian comes in at number two, 16-2-1, and one, only losses this year to Ohio and Niagara, a huge sweep over Pitt. Uh, they lost to Liberty in a shootout, so that technically goes in as a tie, but they beat Liberty the next night, and then no surprise at number three, we got Liberty, uh, who's 12-5, and five. not the best record for a team that's top three, but I think they have the resume to prove it a sweep over UNLV in Vegas was clearly the highlight of the semester for them the only time they got swept all year all semester was by Minot State they did lose four of five in October the sweep to Minot the loss to Adrian and then I believe they lost to Robert Morris too that was a big upset uh, but the Flames coming in at number three, so they round out the top three. And then at four, we have UNLV, who's 11-2. and two. Their only losses of the year coming to Liberty. They've played Alaska Anchorage three times, so those don't count against them. They ended the semester with some blowout wins. They beat San Diego State like 16 to nothing. I think they beat Canisius 13-1, to one, and then they beat Oregon 4-1. to one. So they did a little showcase uh, last weekend to round out the semester. And then number five, I... I, I don't have the math, the stats to back this up, but I would think this is the highest ranking in program history. At an 18-4-1 record, Indiana Tech sits at number five. Uh, after UCO got swept, the Warriors moved up from six to five. Huge for a program that's been knocking on the door in recent years. Uh, have not lost since late October. We talked about it a couple weeks ago with the rankings, but I think 
now is the time of year where everything seems to be trending in the right direction. Like Collins, I'll let you go first because I know you've looked at the rankings a lot in ACHA Division One, but I feel like this is the top five. Like I don't think there's a team outside of the top five. Maybe you could argue UCO. I think for the most part, the rankings have kind of worked themselves out. I totally agree. I, I definitely think the rankings are a lot more accurate now than than what they used to be earlier in the season. Just a couple of things though. At the beginning of the season, I think we all had really high high hopes for for UNLV even though you know a lot of the league loves to hate on them I forget I think I said either UNLV Minot or Stony Brook were gonna be the next like Lindenwood and kind of thought that this year was gonna be UNLV's year especially like with the strength of schedule they were playing you know playing all these D1 teams and playing Liberty and Minot fairly frequently I totally thought that this was going to be their year and they were going to be sitting atop at number one for the majority of the season a lot of people UNLV is like the more flashy team like everybody sees Liberty they see the stuff that Liberty puts out when you think club hockey you think Liberty to start then you think UNLV because it's like Vegas has like gone hockey nuts the last couple years they're the flashy team but I think a lot of people forget that like Minot is just like a power like they're just like strong they're big they're fast they're skill and they don't play in a market like Vegas so I don't think they're people aren't as entertained by them and and just weekend and week out they just they they put up the points and you know other than that loss to you mary that no one's been able to stop them this year yeah totally agree totally agree Glick, anything that you saw in the Division One rankings worth noting? I was going to say, because Herm's not here, Bobcats are in sixth, and I know if Herm was here, he'd probably want to make an argument for why they're top five. I mean, they're obviously a very good team. They were able to beat Adrian this year. But something really funny I noticed, so I've always checked the rankings through my email, because they get through my email, but I just quickly went on the website, like asha.com. Teams 23 through 25, you can't see them because it goes into the bottom of the website, which is, I think, just hilarious that the ASHA website isn't even formatted correctly where... The th- like the bottom teams are just completely hidden. I don't know if you guys can see that or if it's just like mine. No, it's the same way for me. Like you got to open up the full PDF to see the rankings. I'm glad that you brought up the Bobcats too, because I don't know if we've talked about them a lot. And I think sometimes we kind of avoid talking about them because uh, we have Herm and we don't want to show, you know, too much bias. I think they've kind of flown under the radar a little bit. And I think that's exactly where they want to be. They, they flew under the radar last year when they upset Minot State in the first round of the tournament. And so I think they're in a really good spot. I think they had a really young team last year. I want to give a shout out too, because they have the leading goal scorer in all of the ACHA. Um, I saw that was posted today. Shout out to Luke Reeve. He's got 45 points. He's the leading scorer in all of the ACHA. He's tied with Christoph Petrala of Calvin. They're sitting atop the point scorers that was posted on Instagram today by ACHA. So that good to see. But yeah, I think I think the Bobcats are in a really good spot to make a run here in the second half. And another team that plays a really strong schedule like Collins noted. Taking a, a deeper dive at women's division one ACHA, believe it or not, there's a lot of parity between what the women's rankings look like and what the men's ranking looks like. Just for a head start, Liberty one, Adrian two, Midland three, Indiana Tech four, Minot State five. So four of the five teams 
listed. Liberty, Adrian, Minot, Indiana Tech. They have teams in the top five in men's division one and women's division one, which I think is really impressive. Maybe we got to get a graphic up there acknowledging that, but a bunch of hockey schools. We'll start things off with Liberty. They have not lost since January 23rd of 2020 when they lost 2 nothing on home ice to Lindenwood. They are 11-0 on the season in ACHA play. They're 16-0, including their exhibitions, which include an 11-0 win over Newman University and a 10-0 win over Chatham University. Those are NCAA Division Three teams that they blew out of the water. So just to show you how competitive ACHA Women's One is, I mean, people have been saying for years that Liberty is the team to beat and they, you know, they're putting up the national championships to back that up. As much as people hate to say that, like, you know, Liberty should move up, they should go NCAA, especially on the women's side of things. I think it's pushing the competition to be better because these teams, they got to dig so deep just to be able to beat a team like Liberty. I would really like to see, uh, see Liberty play either higher ranked D3 teams or some uh, some D1 teams because they're they're a great team playing Newman and Chatham who are you know respectively let's see in the ranking Newman bottom bottom of division three yes 60 66 and then Chatham is 43 so right around halfway the tough thing is with with Liberty is to get or just with the ACHA in general like to play one of those top like D3 schools like to play like a Middlebury or play like in Amherst you know I'm just thinking of NESCAC schools off the top of my head. My a Plattsburgh. I think Plattsburgh is a pretty good D3 women's hockey team. Those teams don't want to play an ACHA team at all. Those bottom teams are definitely willing to do so. If like a Middlebury loses, that completely destroys the validity of NCAA D3 in the sense that, you know, we both don't get scholarship at all. And, you know, you're still recruited, but like it's... It just kind of destroys the reputation of D3 if, if that ends up happening. But I definitely think a team like Liberty could really give Middlebury, Elmira, Colby, whoever, like a run for their money. Like I would love to see it happen. Definitely agree with you there. I think there's a, a risk that the D3 teams see when when playing a team like Liberty and even the D3 men's teams too. Like I think that's why we see the NCAA D1 matchups versus ACHA teams because D1 teams know that they're, they, they're not going to lose, whereas the D3 teams, there's a little bit more of a risk involved there. But uh, coming in at number two, we have Adrian, 14-3 and three on the year. They, you know, they've pretty much only lost to Liberty. They had a three-game stretch in November, but other than that, they've been pretty much perfect on the season. Midland comes in at number three. They're 14-4-2. and two. They're off to a solid start and looking to make some more noise at Nationals this year. Indiana Tech, uh, just like the men, they're in the top five. They're 17-3 and three with their only losses being to Adrian Midland in Michigan, so that keeps the Warriors in the mix. And then Minot State is number five, and their schedule only gets tougher. The Beavers will face Liberty three times, Adrian twice, and Midland twice. So the thing I like about the women's side of things is like all those teams in the top 10 like play each other all year on. I know there's not as many women's teams, so to have that high ranking, they have to play the best teams, but pretty cool to see how tough the schedules are. Other notable teams, Michigan comes in at number six in the rankings. Arizona State comes in at 10. ASU only has three losses on the year. Only 10 spots up for grabs at Nationals on the women's side. Three of those are auto bids, so keep an eye on that. We wish the women's teams the best luck in the second half here, but it's been an exciting first half. Moving on, we do, we're very excited about this one. We are doing another jersey tournament. The first time we did this, we had legitimately every jersey in college hockey was in this tournament. We had had to have over 100 jerseys in this bracket. This year, we're making it a little bit different. We are doing the 
2022 Hockey House Jersey of the Year competition. The teams eligible are ACHA and CHF jerseys that made their on-ice debut in 2022. So like Purdue Northwest, they unveiled their slick new uniforms a couple days ago, but they haven't used them yet and they're not going to break them out until 2023. So they'll have to wait for next year's bracket. Uh, Hopefully we can do this again, but really excited for this one. Obviously, I'm pretty biased. I think the, the alternate jerseys we have at Syracuse are pretty good. Outside of that, one of my favorites is the DePaul black jerseys. I think that is a very slick jersey, and I know they went through a lot of trouble to get the school logo on it. Wanted to get your thoughts. I know Herm chimed in. Herm says that his favorite are the Delaware CHF. They have a, a jersey that's like a the off-white cream. It reminds him of the Buffalo Sabres third jersey from a couple years ago and the Winter Classic one. He hates to see it, but Liberty is definitely a one seed in his mind with those baby blue alternates. He says they're as good-looking as Falwell Pool Boy, and you can't bet against the Black Cox referencing South Carolina's new alternate jersey, and he wanted to make sure that I said that on air because he know how much it makes me mad to say that. So those are Herm's picks. Like I said, I think DePaul's good. I think Syracuse is good. Uh, Collins, I know the Nova jersey is probably going to get a bid here. Any other jerseys that stand out to you? Well, Hearn kind of took it away from me. I, I, I'm a sucker for baby blue, so I, I really like Liberty's baby blue jerseys. I don't know. I'm a little bit biased in that I want to support my buddy Gorms over and friend of the pod too uh, at South Carolina. But, you know, I'm going to be really biased here and say our jerseys are the best. Our baby blue ones that we just dropped are the best jerseys in college hockey. I worked so hard on those jerseys and they turned out so well. Hopefully we can make another final four run like we did uh, the last uh, last tournament. Yeah, it'll be an exciting one for sure. I'm looking forward to it. I think we had Purdue win the first time around. I'm not sure if Purdue really has the best jersey in in all of college hockey. So looking for, I think the 32 teams that'll make the tournament uh, have a legitimate shot at winning it. And so that's always exciting. Glick, you had a couple favorites. I wanted to give you a chance to shout them out. Yeah, uh, it's probably the only time I'll ever say anything nice about Villanova University. I mean, seeing those light blue jerseys in person, it is so hard to beat. They're just great job on uh, designing those cons. But I'm also going to have to give a big shout out to the Ice Foles and their black jerseys. I mean, I just love the black base and just the orange accents. I think they're going to go really far this year. Collins, you know he's only giving you guys a shout out because Temple beat you guys wearing those, right? I I am aware. I am aware that that game sucked. We'll see you in playoffs. That's all I'm going to say. Looking forward to it. Fitzy, what was, who was your pick in the tournament? Who's bringing it home? The Red Raiders, Texas Tech. I'm trying to remember the little guy they got on the front. He's like a little Western dude. I, I could have sworn he's from like a Bugs Bunny show or something. Yeah, like he that. reminds me of... Uh, Pistol Pete, right? Pistol Pete, that's it, yeah. That is a, a mean-looking hockey jersey. I just think it's like really it's really different. But I, I agree with you, Murph. DePaul's, I like theirs a lot. Those are really slick. And I got to double check here, but I think I got to see where Indi- where we had Indiana. Yeah, I think Indiana is going to get in the tournament with the black They're alternates, too. Okay. So, yeah, I, I was yeah, I was unsure. I didn't want to mention it. In, in, yeah, in, I, I, in, I want I want to double check because I figured you would have brought them up. But yeah, I think they're yeah. going to they're going to crack the lineup, too. Their blacks are looking nice. I do like those. I'm pretty jealous that we didn't do anything like that when I was there. Just saying. In uh, some breaking news, the ACHA announced that the national tournament will return to St. Louis in 2024. The league announced last week that the national championships will return to Centene Community Ice Center in St. Louis, Missouri in 2024. Uh, Centene is also hosting an NCAA regional earlier that month, so that'll be an exciting time for hockey fans in St. Louis. Herm and I are fortunate enough to get to go down there and participate in the festivities last year, and, and we had a blast. I know hospitality was perfect. I thought I've only been to one ACHA national tournament. I haven't been to the C- 
CHF Nationals, but Centene felt like the perfect place to do a national tournament because they had the one big rink with the Jumbotron and the 2,000 seats, and then they had two smaller rinks, which were good for some of the games that didn't have as big of crowds. The fourth rink was an outdoor rink, so that's where like the teams practice. So I thought it had everything that you were looking for in a venue. Uh, hotels right across the street. I think this is a home run. Herm's pumped because he loves the lighting there, so he's looking forward to getting back there as well. Really pumped to see that one and hoping for a good tournament in Boston this year with the Nationals being in Marlboro. But I uh, wanted to give stick taps to Delaware's ACHA men's two team. They unveiled some special black jerseys. Their new jersey set pays tribute to Christian. Uh, he was the team's late You Dance Dance Marathon hero. The jersey is a tribute to his everlasting impact on the program. The black jerseys feature a blue stripe across the, the front with some yellow stripes as the trim, the blue hen on the chest, and then it's got the B plus foundation logo displayed on the shoulder, which is a really, really nice touch altogether. A really cool looking jersey. We got a really cool guest coming on the show of a, a former teammate of mine, Kyle Greer. We played together at Bridgeton Academy. He's now an assistant captain at Roger Williams. And as always, this one's brought to you by Optimex Sports. Optimex Sports provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website the best part is your first year is free be sure to check them out using the link in our bio and if you're interested in signing up use our referral link at optimxsports.com slash sign up slash hockey house pod if you have any questions too feel free to send us a dm we'd be more than happy to get you in touch with them get you guys set up because now you know as we go on this pause for the next couple of weeks would be a really good time to re-up your website game and make sure that your team is looking the best on your online presence so be sure to check them out at optimxsports.com slash sign up slash hockey house pod and without further ado we'll turn it over to kyle greer very excited to welcome a, a longtime friend to the show the assistant captain at roger williams kyle greer Kyle, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to talk to you. Longtime listener, longtime follower. I remember the day that we launched this whole thing. I sent a group, uh, I sent a text to like the chat at Bridgeton because I knew a bunch of us were playing, you know, ACHA at the time. And I was like, hey guys, like starting this page, like would be awesome if you could all follow it. And you were one of the first guys to follow it. So a day one follower to have on the pod is great. And it's always good to catch up with old friends over a Christmas break. Makes it a lot easier on the recording side. So we're happy to have you here. I know you were just mentioning that you, yourself went through the uh the jungle during finals week kind of walk us through the end of the semester at roger williams uh well on the hockey side we actually turned some things around had a tough start to the year a couple bad losses that we really just shouldn't have dropped once we kind of got the team together we really kind of gelled these last couple games we split with providence we split with brian tough loss against bc things are turning up for our team so i really like where we're going i always like following the new england teams because you know that's where we we both grow up especially the new england teams like the roger williams and the keen states and the bryants the schools that don't have varsity hockey i always think it's with how popular college hockey is in the northeast it's crazy that those schools don't have varsity programs and it just makes it a little more intriguing to follow along with you guys walk us through kind of your your hockey career growing up playing in southern new hampshire like what youth teams did you play for did you ever go pretty far away for hockey or was it pretty much in the northeast yeah sure so uh, i started at the new hampshire avalanche played there until i was about 14 and then once high school came around i played for a more local team uh, with a bunch of the high school guys on it. I also played for Bay State Breakers. They were in a better league. They played for the EHF, a lot better league than the Avalanche were. So I, I've been kind of all around the New England area, but I haven't really gone other than Canada for like the tournaments that we all know. I've pretty stayed pretty much local, as you can see with Roger Williams as well. After high school, I played high school hockey for my town. I went to Bridgeton with you, obviously. Saw that uh, competitive side. I didn't think D3 was the route I wanted to go. Really saw a lot more about club hockey. It was kind 
kind of learning about that through our assistant coach at Bridgeton, who actually played D1 club at URI. And so I learned a lot more about the club hockey and what it actually was. I actually knew a couple kids on the Roger Williams team from my high school. So that kind of helped to reach out to them, see what they thought of the school, see what they thought about the hockey. And they were two really good guys on our team. So I knew that if I was going there, I was going to join a team that was already rolling. And were those guys that you played high school with or, or with the Avalanche? Uh, high school. Kind of talk about Bedford High School hockey, because I think, you know, for people in the Northeast, Bedford, well known as one of the top teams in Division One climbed their way up they were d3 for a couple years then they were d2 they won the titles in d2 you were on the team when they made the jump to division one or at least after the jump to division one but talk about what it was like playing for like one of the top programs in the state of new hampshire yeah it was really cool you know we got the nickname title town (laughs) that was pretty cool no I joined the team when they were already really good so my junior year I made the varsity team that team was already really good so they that season we ended up going I think it was 19-1-1 where uh in the in the state finals the quarterfinals we won like 9-1 semis I think we won 5 nothing, and the finals ended up being 7 nothing. so it was a lot of fun to be on a team like that that had so much skill and a lot of kids that I could could learn from there's always teams there's a lot of teams that were not great in New Hampshire hockey. So there was like that half of that wasn't that great and it was blowouts. The games that really mattered were the big rival games and there was probably two, three, four teams that were actually good in the league. So you would always uh, be able to get up for those games. I always found uh, comfort in, you know, when we met each other at Bridgeton that you and I were in a very niche community where we both dyed our hair senior year and then lost <laughs> in the finals. You, you and I have talked about it a lot, but what what do you gain from that experience of both being on the winning side of, of a state championship and then also on the losing side? Oh, that's, that's a great question. The winning side, definitely very cool. I enjoyed bleaching my hair. I don't know about you. But uh, <laughs> you have like Goldilocks hair, anyways, to start with. So yeah, I guess your, so your it wasn't, hair isn't too different. It wasn't that crazy of a of a switch up, but I definitely loved it. I couldn't tell if the girls liked it or not. I didn't. I don't think they did, but <laughs> but it was definitely cool, like walking around the hallways, knowing that everybody knew you were on the hockey team, especially when we were good. And then the flip side, when we were bad, it wasn't that cool. Good walking through the hallways that everybody knew, but the overall experience, I wish we did something like that for uh, for club hockey. Maybe if we make the playoffs, we'll have to do something. Oh yeah, that's the best. I think I think high school is like the the prime spot for that because, like you said, nothing like walking around the hallway with your jacket on and your blonde hair, and just everybody knows at that point. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you mentioned like wanting to play D three hockey at, at a young age. You went to Bridgeton. What was your thought process in going that? Because I think a lot of people listening don't really understand what Bridgeton Academy is. You know, it's like half junior hockey, half prep school. Like, were you looking at maybe p- going back to the Avs and playing U eighteen? Like, what was your thought process in deciding on Bridgeton Academy? So yeah, funny story uh, on that. Actually, I did go back to the Avs and played U eighteen. So I was I was a little frustrated in high school. Thought I should have been on the varsity team, whatever, and then came junior year i'm done i'm gonna go try to play do this u18 do this juniors we went through that split season and the team kind of fell apart and a lot of the kids on the team were from local high schools and stuff like that so they ended up deciding they wanted to go back to high school so the team kind of fell apart and then i was like well if we're not going to be good and all my friends are going to high school i'm going to go back and, and play high school and I'm, I'm very glad i did and then that's when we ended up winning our 
our junior year and obviously lost our senior year. I thought I always wanted to go to prep school. I was looking at prep school throughout high school. I thought I was going to repeat my junior year. Every year I was, I was touring campuses and looking at different prep schools. But when it came to my senior year, I didn't really think I had the grades to go to the schools I wanted to go to. I also wanted to pursue hockey. I didn't know exactly where to go and I didn't really understand the whole juniors route at the time. Once I toured Bridgeton, saw the campus, talked to the coach, I really thought that that program had a lot of potential for for me for school as well as for hockey. I saw that they played a junior schedule, so I thought that was pretty cool instead of going to maybe other prep schools that just play a prep schedule. They played uh, junior teams like the EHL, played a bunch of EHL showcases. And so at the time, I, I really thought that was my way to D3. Obviously, when we when we got there, met the kids in the team, and everybody kind of had the same same mindset going. So it was pretty cool to be with 20, 30 guys that all had the, the same mindset. It was a very entertaining year, to say the least. Uh, we, I, I could probably write a book someday about our experiences that we had at Bridgeton Academy. What's like a story that stands out to you when people ask you about like going to all boys prep school in the middle of nowhere in Maine? Like, what's like your go to story? Oh, I don't know if there's even even one one story I can I can pick out. I just remember more just about the whole experience. Like I just I just remember walking up that cold cold hill. For anybody that doesn't know, Bridgeton is basically just a giant hill. <laughs> All the uh, academic buildings are on the top of the hill. Uh, the dorms are at the bottom of the hill and the hockey rink is at the very top. I remember so many times just walking up that hill with, with all the guys and or, or sliding down it. That, that that was a lot of fun too. Most of my memories come from just the dorms. We had so much time just together with nobody else, no girls, <laughs> no distractions. So it was kind of just a time where I think we all got close very, very quickly being just in a, in a, 10 by 10 room almost like it was very tight quarters i think we had so much fun just together just hanging out with the boys i think we all went to bridgeton with like the okay like this is this is our ticket to like ncaa hockey like bridgeton was kind of in that transition where like a couple of the guys the year ahead of us had gone straight to ncaa you were also starting to see more kids go to bridgeton and then do a year of juniors at what point in the year were you starting to think like okay like i haven't quite had the NCAA offers I want. Do I want to do another year of juniors? You mentioned talking with our assistant coach, Coach Scannell, like he played at URI. Like when did the ball start rolling on that process? I'd have to say throughout the year, we we played in a lot of those EHL showcases. Our team was good, but I didn't think we really showed how good we were to some of the teams. Once it came around to probably around this time, I was just kind of weighing the options. I had talked to a couple of friends in the EHL and wanted to see if I should go there. But I also just, I saw how much of a grind Bridgeton was that throughout that first semester, I kind of wanted to just get to school. I knew that if I went the junior route, as a, a smaller guy like I am, I think I, I probably would have taken another two years and I just didn't know if I had that in me to grind out another two years in the in the jungle to uh to then go to a, a smaller D three school where I don't know if I would have liked. So you started looking at schools in the northeast too, and I know URI was a little bit on your radar. You you found Roger Williams and you mentioned it a little bit earlier about some of the reasons that you chose it, but what was like the big things that stood out to you in going to Roger Williams? I think the biggest the biggest thing for me and what I tell everybody that wants to come here is you have to see the campus. The campus Campus is absolutely beautiful. We're right on the water. Once I stepped foot on the campus, I kind of, I kind of knew leaving there that this is where I want to go. Fall of 2019, you you start the season. Like, what's your introduction to Roger Williams hockey? What's your welcome to the ACHA moment? So my welcome to the ACHA moment, I gotta say, 
for anybody that doesn't know what FMC rinks are in Massachusetts, it's basically a statewide thing where they have a bunch of rinks that are all the exact same layout. I'm sure you guys have talked about it on here before. So that was our home rink for our freshman year. And it was in Fall River, Mass. So if anybody doesn't know Fall River, Mass, it's kind of a tough place. But in those FMC rinks, the locker rooms are there's probably four locker rooms total and they're all right next to each other. So there's two big ones and two very small ones. We would always make sure we took the big ones and the other team would be in the small ones. But the thing is, there's there's only one shower. I remember one game in specific, we were playing Westfield State, chippy game all the way through. I don't, I don't remember if we won or lost, but very chippy game, fights everywhere. And even parents got, were getting into fights during the game. But I just remember how, how hostile it was on the ice. And then once we got in the locker room, we actually had to shower with the other team. They were all good guys. And I was just like, wow, like we could be so hostile on the ice. But once we get in the locker room, everybody's the same guy. Yeah, it was, it, it was a lot of fun going more the grind of the SMC rink. Luckily, we're out of there now. I think the moment was when we were all fighting on the ice and then had to, we're buddy-buddy in the showers. That's unbelievable. I didn't realize that because we had uh, Cam Francis on a while ago and, and he mentioned playing at an FMC rink. Where Whereabouts is Roger Williams in Rhode Island? Like it's not, it's pretty close to the Massachusetts border, right? Oh yeah, no, it's 10 minutes from the border, not even. Okay, so you guys would travel the Mass to play. Yeah, the FMC rinks, I believe, and, and my dad would correct me on this, but I believe the FMC rinks were because of Bob Yor. Like in the 70s when the Bruins were really big, they were like, all right, like right, let's start building more rinks in Massachusetts for kids to play hockey. And they just built all of these FMC rinks. They're the same, same setup. Like the roof is really low. It's got the bleachers in the four corners, the locker rooms on the end. Like if you've been in one rink, you've seen them all because there's one in Worcester, there's one in Lowell, probably one in Springfield too for people in new england they've played at these rinks and and i can't even imagine showering with the other team especially after a game like that <laughs> yeah no funny thing is we we actually switched rinks and so now we're a little bit closer in portsmouth rhode island we're actually playing at a prep school's rink but now we have a locker room but the bad thing is we don't we still don't have showers so if we want to shower we still have to go shower with the other team so <laughs> that's always pretty fun <laughs> no way so what what prep school rink are you guys playing at uh portsmouth abbey is that where salve regina plays too so Funny enough, they actually got kicked out of that <laughs> that rink, so we ended up taking their spot in the rink. So everything worked out. Apparently, they had a, a guy pissing outside, so we've made sure not to do that. <laughs> so did you guys get their old locker room? Oh, yeah. Yep. Wow. And I mean, that's a there was a while. They were like a top 10 team in Division Three men's hockey, too. Yeah, I don't know where they play now. They're they're a really good team. I know a couple of kids on that team, but I, I don't know exactly where they play now. They might play at St. George's, another prep school around there, but I don't exactly know. Wow, that's that's unreal. Was that switch after like post COVID? Yeah, so we didn't. Unfortunately, we didn't have a season our sophomore year. We started at the F uh, the FMC rink my freshman year. Actually, switched coaches from that freshman year team to my junior year team. But yeah, missing that whole sophomore year we kind of decided that we wanted to get out of that FMC rink and try to find somewhere either closer or better to play at. Looking back on your freshman year, I, I always find it funny. Like I probably had so much more energy as a freshman. You're wide eyed, like college hockey. What are some memories from your freshman year that really stand out to you? So Bryant is probably our biggest, biggest rival because they're relative closeness. Uh, we play in this tournament every year. It's called the Quahog Cup. So it has teams like Bryant, Providence. And I think we didn't have enough for Rhode Island teams. So we tossed a, uh, a Connecticut team in there, Con College or, or one, of, one of those seven Connecticut teams. But yeah, no, I just remember my freshman year, It's it, the tournament is at Bryant and they packed their crowd. I remember, I remember their 
their fan section, they had their own speaker. They brought like a giant speaker to their own fan section was playing music during the game. You're like, what is going on? They, I remember they got a penalty in that same game because people were hanging on the glass and like shaking the glass. They ended up getting a penalty. Luckily, we won that game and won the tournament. I just remember that as a, a really fond memory of their crazy crowd with their speaker and all their solo cups. It's pretty funny. That's under Those are the best environments to play in, though, because I feel like at this level, for as many times as there are fun environments to play in, you do get the game on a Sunday morning or a Saturday afternoon, and there's nobody there but like parents yep. in the stands. So when you get those games, like, as annoying as it can be to play in front of like the rowdy fans with the speaker, like it's nothing better because you get your best memories from games like like that exactly playing in the northeast are there any other rivalries that you guys have providence too just because they're they're so close and everybody knows them other than that there's teams that we play like really hard games against but i don't know if they would consider us rivals i'd say we always want to get up for those bc bu northeastern games just because of the the big name behind them when you're walking around campus it's always nice to say that you beat a bu or bc it's funny you bring that up I was, my next question was going to be talking about like those rinks like as a kid who grew up in new england how cool is it to play in like those iconic arenas oh it's awesome my freshman year was probably the, the coolest experience when we went to bc uh we went to their actual rink i forget what it's called but conti forum yes that's exactly yep so we went there and we went in their their d1 locker room looked around and we were just wide-eyed and amazed about how cool like they had it <laughs> coming from our fmc rink i remember we walked in there and the guy showing us around actually brought us to one of the stalls and was like showed us one of the goalies on their team and their goalie actually got called up from the acha uh their acha team to back up on their team so we were all like whoa we can do it like <laughs> it's possible yeah. that's like uh when we had we had uh we played at the syracuse country and daniel walcott came in the locker room and talked to us and it was like wow like this is our version of gretzky like yeah. that guy that guy's the acha version of like martin broder <laughs> literally what are some of the like the big name rinks that you've gotten to play at and which one's your favorite i don't remember all the names of them but i remember you can just list off the U schools yeah uvm BC, BU, UMass Amherst, Northeastern, RPI was cool. Honestly, the coolest one I think was UVM. UVM was really cool. They had the it, like all the wood. It was just so like historical. It was really cool. And I remember going out after that game was a, a lot of fun as well. Being in New England, do you guys do any road trips? Like if you if you go to Vermont, are you like staying the night there? Are you guys playing them on back to backs? Or for the most part, are you guys doing day trips? So the last couple of years, we've only done a couple. At the beginning of this year, we went to New York and played Siena and Marist, and we stayed overnight for that one. Our freshman year, we stayed overnight at UVM. I think we played them and then went to Norwich. So usually we will play one game and then try to schedule a game that's close to them and then stay the night. Now, uh, when you guys stay in the night, uh, what kind of amenities do we have? Is there a continental breakfast in the morning? Is it like four guys in a bed? Like what, what, what's the, the sleeping arrangement like? Well, luckily, uh, luckily being a captain, I had the choice <laughs> and I, I got the, I got the bed with the bed to myself. So that, that was cool. No, I remember on this trip, on this uh, New York trip this year, we went downstairs and our coach was like, be ready for breakfast, like 830, whatever time it was. We got down there and he's like, oh, there's actually no breakfast, boys. Sorry. It's 26 bucks and I'm not paying. <laughs> Take a hike down to uh, Dunkin' Donuts down the road, like a mile and a half walk. 
<laughs> in the streets of Albany. Did you guys march down there? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody did. We were late for the bus. It was a whole deal. <laughs> That's awesome. What was your adjustment like as a freshman being an undersized guy when guys are making the jump to the ACHA? I try to remind them like, you got to think it's like back to like freshman year of high school. Like there's guys that are four years older than you. How was that adjustment being an undersized guy? So I think that Bridgeton actually helped me a lot with that. At Bridgeton, we played that hard nose hockey battle drills in almost every single practice. So I don't think I was afraid going in to that freshman year, maybe the first couple games. But once I got the uh, the speed down, it was it was kind of more of just a mental thing. But it also helped because those kids that I mentioned before that were on my my high school team, my line was a line of just guys from my high school. So it, it, it was pretty cool. So I had a, I had an older kid on there on uh, the team, shout out Griffin Gagney, who really just kind of showed the ropes. And I mean, he was probably the best player on the team. So it, it just sat back and let him do his thing. Looking back on, on your freshman year, did did you look to those other Bedford guys as like your vets or did you have some other, were there some other guys on the team that stood out to you as, as a freshman? Yeah. So no, I think they definitely did just cause I knew, I knew them. I knew their, their playing style. So I kind of just watched them and how they carried themselves and tried to emulate that. Also, I think our captains at the time did a really good job of showing us that they cared. They cared so much that it made us want to win for them. Not even for us. We wanted to win for our, our seniors and our captains. So they really just instilled in us that we have to win and we have to do everything we can to try to get Roger Williams, a school that maybe nobody's heard of, on the map. And so you mentioned um, the views in, in the campus of Roger Williams. Walk us through kind of the living situation. Like, let's hear about it because I've seen the Snapchats of you guys on the oh, yeah. beach. Like, is this a you're staying in the dorms freshman sophomore year? You get to live off campus junior senior. How does it work? Most freshmen stay on campus, or I think all freshmen stay on campus. And then sophomore year, you kind of have a choice. You can either stay on campus or you can go to like an off campus apartment. So I did that. Stayed in like apartments about two miles away from campus. Uh, they had shuttles back and forth. That's when COVID kind of hit. It kind of reminded me back to the days of of Bridgeton, where we were all just kind of sitting in our rooms and hanging out. After our sophomore year, living in those apartments, then we decided to get a house. And most juniors and seniors live at houses off campus. There is some on-campus housing. The past two years, I've lived in the same house. It was the hockey house at one time. Had a couple uh, couple of kids drop off from the team, so it's more of a lacrosse house now. I live in a, a house of nine guys. We had, at one time, five downstairs and four upstairs. Yeah, it was four of us played hockey and then four kids upstairs played uh, lacrosse. It's been a lot of fun. We probably have, if biggest size-wise, but the biggest amount of people with nine guys in a house on campus. So it's always fun going back to school, and I'm sure in the next couple of days of being home, I'm going to want to get right back there. Are you on the water there? So no, the, the campus is on the water, but all the houses for the most part are off. Yeah. So the, the houses are off, but I'm probably, I could throw a stone to the water. It's, it's pretty close. Based on the Snapchat stories, I'm assuming the game of choices die. Oh yeah. Yeah. We have, uh, I believe we have three tables in our backyard right now. There we go. That's, that's what we love to see. I, I think that's the best sport to play. I think it's, it, it reminds, it, I think it's got the gamesmanship of golf. You know, it takes a certain amount of skill, mm. but also a certain amount of luck to be really good. You got to stay focused throughout the game. And of course, nothing better than hanging out with the guys playing. Oh yeah, absolutely. And we, we love to get die tournaments going too. Those get, those get pretty intense, especially when we get money involved. Who's the best guy on the hockey team? Oh, I'm a hockey team. I'm going to, I'm going to take myself, honestly. <laughs> I don't think a lot of the, uh, the hockey guys are as seasoned as I am when it comes to die. A lot of them love just the pound of beers sitting down. So as hockey guys do being like a school on the water, how much of the year do you really get to enjoy it? Or does the Rhode Island winter come and, and kind of ruin the fun? 
So honestly, the Rhode Island winter is not too bad. We get a lot less snow than we do up here in New Hampshire. So it's it's mostly just rain and windiness. So it can be miserable sometimes where when you get the rain and the wind going at you, a little bit of sleet and ice. But for, for the most part, it's not too bad. And it, it clears up around spring and we get to go outside and have fun again. Now, when you guys, everything kind of changes, you guys come back junior year. Did you find yourself in kind of like a, a leadership position afterwards? You know, because like myself, like we played our freshman year, there's no sophomore year and that's like all of a sudden you're an upperclassman of the team. What was that like? Did you kind of have to change your role on the team? Oh, big time. Yeah. So from our freshman year team to our junior year team, we lost 21 guys. So we had a big, a big class for upperclassmen my freshman year. We basically went from the 10 of us seniors or 10 of us freshmen junior year we were all now in leadership roles where we only had a couple, probably three or four kids from our freshman year team that actually played in a game before. So it was pretty much a complete rebuild. On top of that, we got a brand new coach. It was pretty tough last year, just kind of getting the team all together. We only had two seniors. So we had probably 10 juniors, two seniors, and then the rest were freshmen. Now that junior year, are you like walking around campus, like begging anybody who was wearing a hockey sweatshirt to join the team? Like, or did you guys have, you guys had the numbers, you were just a, a young roster. So I think we had, like, I think I knew we had the numbers. We did like only a couple skates our sophomore year where it was just like, hey, come out if you want to come out, but wear a mask. We came back our junior year. It was, we knew pretty much who was coming to try out, but it was a let's wait and see kind of thing for the most part. Overall, like, did you guys, were you able to make the regional tournament? Was that something you missed? Did you have conference playoffs last year? What was kind of the postseason like last year? Uh, so last year, it being a rebuild, it was tough. We went through a long stretch of just not winning. There was so many times that we would lose by one or we lost. I think we lost... 11 games by one and it was just insane we'd, we'd go into an overtime we, i think we brought bc and bu to overtime last year we would end up losing them losing them both so it was really tough to really kind of keep the morale high especially coming back after break knowing we didn't really have a shot at making the regionals it was tough last year but i think that kind of gave us the uh the kick in the ass that we needed this year to be like we're done we're on a mission now and we're going to do everything we can to win in your opinion, who is like the the bet one of the best teams in the Northeast? Like looking at, at the Northeast rankings right now, UMass is one, Northeastern two, BU three, BC four. So like the Bean Pod is is heavily favored at the top of the rankings. Would you say the Boston schools are the teams to beat? Oh, absolutely. The thing about them is they're all so similar. I, it's hard to tell the difference between those teams. So it's like they all have that that one two lines that are kids that are nasty. And then it's kind of a drop up after that, where we think that our team needs to come in with the depth that I know we have, battle with those those lower lower tier lines, and end up getting a win. But yes, it's it's definitely the uh, the Boston teams, the Northeasterns, BC, BU. But I think the top team right now is is UMass Amherst. We haven't played them since our freshman year, but I just remember playing them, being like, wow, these guys are a different level of just puck movement speed and hitting everything so walking us through you know getting ready for this season you know who are who are guys in the locker room that are just characters like guys that on a friday night you want to make sure you're near them because they're going to bring the energy <laughs> we have we, we have a lot of guys like that we have a lot of absolute characters our goalie ryan forget is hilarious in the locker room he really stepped up this year with his uh with his joke game came out of the woodwork with that <laughs> another guy that's just you look across the locker room and you, you can't help but laugh uh shout out dylan coin kids always coming in with this the craziest hairdos that the big mullets all that I, I think those guys are, are just you can't help but laugh when you're when you're looking at them <laughs>
Junior year, you guys got the jersey upgrade when the, the athletic department, you know, made the switch and rebrand for Roger Williams. Uh, how cool was that to like at least rock a new set of unis? Oh, so cool! Like those. I mean, I think our, our unis are up there, especially our uh, our away unis, the the blue ones that I think you saw in the uh, the media day stuff that we did. But oh, they I, I love those jerseys. They're they're a little they're a little thick, so they're a little heavy, but they're I think they're one of the sickest uniforms in the ACHA. So. Yeah, it's hard to go wrong with that color combo, the, the navy blue and oh, the light yeah. blue. They, they they go so well together. Looking, you know, ahead at the the next semester, like what are the goals for the team? I know you mentioned like you guys had a really good run. Uh, you clinched a spot in nationals your freshman year, and and you're kind of on like you mentioned this rebuild. What are you most looking forward to in the second semester? Aside from hockey, I'm excited how close our team's gotten. The big thing was everybody loves the Christmas party. That's that's the one that kind of gets everybody together and everybody's laughing. So we had a great Christmas party of the last uh, weekend or so. On the hockey side, we actually play all of those those beanpot teams. Our schedule is kind of heavily weighted to the, the back half of the year with the level of teams we play. We really need to come back and get a win out of the BC, BU's, Northeasterns. We're sitting at 18 right now in the rankings. We need to get to 14, obviously. So if we beat a team like that or a couple teams like that, we're, we're right in the mix any stories that you were you were coming on to expect to tell and you didn't get the chance to tell them you mentioned the the bryant the road trips any other fun memories uh, that stand out to you with roger williams hockey so i actually have another another bryant story this was uh this was last year so we were playing bryant it was their senior night actually they end up going up like five nothing or something it was a blowout and then so they decided to put in their manager they had a manager on the team that also i guess played goalie once or twice in his life so they tossed their their manager of the team in net and the first play of his game puck gets dumped in he goes around the net to get the puck one of our guys shout out marco was going behind the net to grab the puck from from where the goalie left it and the goalie just sticks his arm out and clotheslines him absolutely rocks him in front of it in front of their home crowd their crowd went nuts uh their bench was going insane there's a video of it somewhere i think i could send it to you i just remember looking at their coach and their coach is on their bench with his with his hand over his face yeah that, that was pretty funny i remember i was i was the first guy in after that hit i remember going up to the goalie and like giving him a, a small shove just to look like i was doing something because i had four <laughs> guys coming on my four guys behind me that i knew were just about to jump me so i just made it look like i uh <laughs> i'm a fighter but i'm not yeah you you got in there and you did what you had to do you, you weren't gonna start <laughs> anything more than what had already been started but you were you were you were making sure all your bases were covered yeah exactly no i gave him a shove and said hey you can't do that but that, that was pretty much it <laughs> you mentioned how close the team is right now what is like the biggest obstacle that roger williams hockey has you know is it dealing with the school is it getting guys on campus like what do you think moving forward is, is like the team's biggest obstacle hmm I think it's right now on the hockey side that everybody just comes together during games. I think that when during some of the games, it's it's hard when you go down those, you go up and then down and mostly just controlling our emotions. Uh, we have a lot of emotional guys on the team that wear, wear their emotions on their sleeve and are, are ready to uh, let loose and, and try to fight somebody at any time. But it's more just staying composed, playing the hockey we know we can play, pulling out the wins we know we can win. On the flip side of that, what is like the biggest advantage? Like what's the sales pitch to get more guys playing hockey at Roger Williams? Oh, I got to say it was really cool. At least my my freshman year, it was really cool when uh, <laughs> Cam Francis has a really funny tweet. Uh, he said on his, on his Twitter, he goes, I'm a D1 athlete to a select group of people <laughs> on the campus. So when it's awesome when people are asking, oh, you play the BUs, BCs, Northeasterns. Oh, you guys must be really good. And then you just say, yeah, you don't mention the club. <laughs> Overall, it's definitely really cool. 
knowing that we don't have a team, D3 team at that NCAA team, you're really the team. And we also don't have a football team. It just puts that much more emphasis on people come to our games. And we actually do get a lot of fans, surprisingly, at our games, seeing that our, our rink is off campus. But we do get like three, 400 people at our games and, and we pack it. It's so much fun. I think everybody is on our team is just so down to earth and they just love they love the game. I really love it. And our, our new coaches are awesome. Uh, we got an old guy from the team who graduated, I think, the year before me. And he stepped in this year and he's doing a great job of really helping us progress and bringing us to the next level. Thank you so much for, for hopping on. I think that's a perfect place to end it there and, and talking about Roger Williams. And of course, I, I you forgot to mention the, the the campus too. It's a beautiful campus. Why play ho- Division three hockey at a school, you know, in the middle of nowhere when you can go play ACHA hockey on the coast of Rhode Island? There's no place better. It's absolutely awesome here. Through like the summer, through the winter, it's the summer's obviously awesome because you have the beach right there. There's so much stuff around it. You have Newport in the area, Providence just 30 minutes away. So there's really just so much going on on that on our campus at all times on the hockey side we're moving up in the world let's just say watch out for us the next uh the next couple months well kyle thanks for thanks for joining us this week uh it was a pleasure hey thank you so much murph great talking to you buddy once again thank you to kyle for joining us this week always good to catch up with a former teammate that was brought to you by optum x sports uh herm's hot take this week unfortunately he's not able to join us he's live tweeting the utica comets game right now but he is very pleased with how the men's three acha rankings came out this past week uh brought him back down to earth uh we'll we'll recap those rankings in a in a couple of episodes over the break but basically the spark notes of it they finally got it right we've been talking about this for months how messed up the men's division three acha rankings were but they finally got it right so feel free to check those out and we'll get we'll do a recap of those in a couple of weeks too so stick around for that i wanted to announce that the hockey house portal is open ASU announced that they've added St. Mary's defenseman Ian Erdman to their roster for the second semester. Uh, St. Mary's D3 NCAA team, they're getting a D3 transfer uh, to ASU. And then Liberty, not a transfer, but Liberty has added former LIU commit and six foot four goaltender Jackson Glassford. Uh, he will join the Flames for the second semester and give them a fourth goalie. Uh, like I mentioned, he was committed NCAA Division One to LIU, decommitted, and he's committed to the Flames. So that is a huge get for them. But I think it is a really important time to kind of acknowledge our platform and give our pitch for the ACHA and the CHF. If you're not enjoying your NCAA hockey experience, this is your sign to transfer. Uh, I think as hockey players, we've wasted too much time and energy to not enjoy our college hockey experiences, whether it's the ACHA or the CHF. There are plenty of opportunities to play college hockey outside of the NCAA, and there is a place for everybody. You can just look across the board of the guys on this podcast right now and the different experiences we've had playing club hockey. And if you want to go to a school that is big, if you want to play at a rink on campus, if you want to play in front of sold out crowds, if you want to get a degree from a school people have actually heard of, you can do that in club hockey. You owe it to yourself. And I think now is the best time to act on it while you're home for the semester. Start looking up teams on Instagram. Start looking at what majors they have, because like I mentioned, there is a place for everybody. And if you have any questions at all, feel free to send us a DM. Uh, We know a lot of the ins and outs of club hockey. When I saw some guys transferring and and decommitting and choosing club hockey, 
I was like, Hey, like we have this platform would love to give, you know, our pitch and, and be there if anyone has any answers. So Fitzy, I actually wanted to turn it over to you. Cause I know that you mentioned there seems to be a little bit more chatter in the pro hockey locker rooms about the ACHA. I really noticed it a lot this year, both coaches and players. I'll just start with the coaches side of it. When I was first being recruited to come to Birmingham this year, like really didn't care that I played ACHA. Like I brought it up to them and they're like, yeah, like we don't care. What are you talking about? But when I got to the to the locker room and like, you know, you're in there with guys who played for the USA national development team. They played in the OHL. They played in the coast before they're dropping down to the SP. You start talking to these guys and they're just, they're just like anyone else. We, we would joke a little bit like, oh yeah, ACHA, but those guys have really found a new respect, I think, for, for club hockey. On Binghamton right now, I have one other guy who played club hockey at Davenport. So I think it's growing in numbers each year by you know the amount of people that are playing club hockey and continuing to play pro it's really cool to see it's it's i think it's come a super long way obviously you still got those little you know 12 year old kids that are on tiktok and like oh it's club hockey the guys that actually you know know stuff and are actually playing real hockey they respect they respect the asha i don't think it used to be like that it's it's really changed um in the last few years here so it's super cool like you said anyone who's who's thinking about doing it and is worried about not being able to play you know beyond college it's easily doable and it's only getting easier yeah well said and i I, it's funny you mentioned like the the kids who comment like this is a joke like we might do like a power rankings of like the people who hate on club hockey my number one pick would probably be kids from minnesota who say uh, i've seen more fans at a high school game i think actually those might be the worst people on the internet I think Elon Musk should start targeting them. What's his solution for Minnesota high school hockey defenders? Collins, you 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 see it all the time in the TikTok comments. Am I wrong? Here, hold on. Let me let me pull up a TikTok right here and uh, and pull up some comments. These these are just the worst. Are the U16s running wild in the DMs? I don't even know if they're 16. I think they're probably closer to like 12. I don't know, but I finally had it at one point, and I, rep- I replied to one of them, and I was just like, okay. One kid said, so we know a club like you is just a bunch of dusters. Which one? Which one's the good one? Or you can't post that video because you don't have any. And I just replied, okay. And he replies back, nice. You posted three goals. None are highlight material or even good goals. There are gimme goals because of how terrible that league is. And I just replied, L opinion plus ratio plus Asha D1 better. And then he did a complete 180 and said, he says, honestly, I don't care as long as people are excited to play. Biggest 180 oh. I've seen uh, from a, a, a <laughs> TikTok. I was about to say, that, that kid's going to grow up to score three goals in the NA3. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love the NA3. Not even not even in the NA3 like up north. It's going to be playing in like, I don't know, El Paso and or the something. The NA3 like South? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, South, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then and then he'll be rethinking his comments about the ACHA. As we start to wrap things up here, though, I wanted to get, get the, the first half recap. Go through kind of what your biggest surprise of the first half was. Glick, I'll throw it over to you first. Oh, my biggest surprise from the first half was definitely Purdue Northwest finishing off the semester in the top 25. The biggest reason for this is because they were one of the four teams that were basically made the jump up to Division One this year. And the one that everyone was talking about this whole year was University of Oregon for a good reason. I'd noticed that Purdue Northwest has always been in the top 25 for the past couple of weeks and they've just been sneakily good i mean i was looking at some of their games they beat some really good teams a lot of a lot of really quality uh, opponents if you would have told me that they would be then out of that group of four san diego state tcnj oregon and them that they would be the top ranked team i would have not believed you so they've been just having a really great year so far yeah they they, they really have played some 
some really good hockey so far. And I think, like you mentioned, they kind of flew under the radar when people were talking about teams making the jump. So uh, that definitely has been a huge surprise. Collins, what about you? I think for me, I, I think this is not a positive surprise. My biggest surprise was Towson being number 70. You know, I, I've watched that team for quite a long time. My goalie coach played there. That team used to be really good. And, you know, it's kind of, um, I don't know, tough for me, uh, at least to see how, how far that team has fallen. I, I didn't think they would be down in, you know, number 70 this year, but I guess they finished up last year around 68. You know, I have a bunch of buddies on that team and, you know, they've, they've got some solid guys. They've got some, uh, some good goaltending and I don't know, it just shocked me. I, I didn't think uh, it, it would be that bad. You know, it really makes Maryland hockey or at least Baltimore area hockey not look that great. Just completely blown away by that fact. And then Fitzy, I know it's been tough for you to kind of follow along the ACHA as you as you bounce around. But um, what are are some takeaways that you had from the first half? I wrote down a few things. Men's Division two Army beating Men's Division one Navy for the first time since 2016. And then another game, North Carolina beating NC State for their first Governor's Cup win at PNC Arena. The biggest one, and the guys at, at Indiana are going to hate me, but Indiana Men's Division Two is 11-8 and eight right now, and they're ranked 6th in the Southeast. I went there, worked my bag off. We were, you know, if we were 500, we wouldn't even be near, you know, we wouldn't be sniffing the top 20. I don't know. That just surprised me. I mean, I'm happy for they the guys. Pick, obviously, you got to You got to You think they got to pick it up? They've been given a blessing, and they got to take advantage of it. Exactly. I mean, we were borderline. You know, 12, 13 seed. You know, in out sophomore junior year. These guys are 11 and eight, and nothing against them. But it's just it's it blows my mind that they're in six. They're ranked six right now. I looked at who they've played, and yeah, the, the TSCHL has some good opponents, but they've also lost to some teams they shouldn't have lost to. So. Not calling the boys out, but I'm I'm surprised they're they're sitting in sixth after uh after that kind of a, a first half. Love it. Holding the boys accountable. Herm had uh Saginaw Valley State as his biggest surprise. I think they've been off to a really hot start that has kind of flown under the radar and maybe not known for being a really good team. And that Michigan ACHA Division Three hockey is really competitive. All those schools up there love to go toe to toe with one another. So I think he's been he's been pretty pumped to see the progression they've made. Murph kind of misinterpreted what I wanted to say about Saginaw Valley I wasn't here for the recording so I didn't get the chance to kind of defend myself on the spot it's not that Saginaw Valley State was known for being quote-unquote like not a good program they made nationals last season Michigan hockey as he he rightfully says is incredibly competitive but it's more about the force that they've become on and off the ice attaining I believe it's the highest record in in program history at number five and what they're doing to cultivate the student section with Death Valley and the consistent photo work from Bailey Kasaki. Everything in the program right now is the total package. Really, that's what's stunned me. There's there's always a team that catches my eye and this season right now at Saginaw Valley. So roll cards. Personally, for me, I think it's just wild. We have a team, Minot State, who is 13-0 and they have not lost a, a game at ACHA Division One, and their only loss of the year is to U Mary, who's Division Two. And I know that U Mary is not your average Division Two team. It's not like U Mary's undefeated in D two. Like they've lost to some other D two schools. Like St. Thomas beat them. Minnesota beat them. Like I think I don't know. I don't know if that the U Mary team is as good as U Mary teams have passed for Minot State to lose their only game of the season to a D two team. I think is is a bizarre situation because they sit atop the table in ACHA Division One action. So I think that is 
is a huge surprise for me based on the path that we've seen Minot State go on this year. Without further ado, I think that that wraps it up. Like I said, this the next couple of weeks, we will take the chance to kind of recap the rest of the divisions. So stay tuned to our social channels. Maybe we'll get some Q&A going with people uh, ahead of next week's episode where we cover ACHA Division 2 and Women's Division 2, you know, before we head into the new year. So Hanukkah is in full swing right now. And then we've got Christmas too, by the time that this episode comes out. So I want to wish everyone a happy Hanukkah and a very Merry Christmas. We'll see you boys next week. See you boys. See you boys.